Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Now, I have given up everything else, which I knew to be the only way to really know Christ. I I haven't learned all I should, but I keep working towards the day when I will finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. Knowing him more and more, knowing me. Welcome to your Carl House and now, a senior pastor, Reverend Gilbert Osei. Amen. Okay. Are you, the title is, are you listening to the leading? Are you listening to the leading of the Spirit? Are you? We said the series came about from a question that Pastor Chris posted to a young woman who always said, the Lord said, the Lord said, and wanted to find out if she sure is the Spirit of God he was dealing with. I have had encounters of people saying wonderful things that God told them. The Lord came to my room and said, my darling, all manner of things they say. And when you are not conversant with the word, you can be very wooed, wooed, blown away by people's ignorant superstition. Because you don't know. When you don't know, anything is a wow. Some years ago, a man of God I highly respect, still respect, wrote a book, Good Morning Holy Ghost. And when you wake up in the morning, you have to say good morning to Holy Spirit before you say good morning to anybody. You are going to eat the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. I'm going to eat. Would you want me to eat breakfast? If it's breakfast, what breakfast do you want me to eat? Should I go local or continental? So you have to be sure. Are you? I remember a couple of years ago when we started preaching the gospel, uh, one of the men in the church told me, the Lord said to him that for one year he shouldn't go to church. To just stay in the house and play music. So, you really, really, really want to find out are you, or better, are you sure you are listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit? Are you sure it's God talking to you? Key things we have said in summary that the subject, first point, the subject of God's leading and guidance. The subject of God's leading and guidance is very essential and fundamental to the Christian faith. The subject of God's leading and guidance is very essential and fundamental 
to the Christian faith, the subject of if God is going to lead us or will God guide us, is very essential and it's very fundamental to the Christian faith. And because it is essential, if we get the teaching, because the subject of leading and guidance is essential, if we get the teaching on God's leading wrong, because the subject of God's leading and guidance is essential to our Christian faith, if we, if we get the teaching wrong, we will never be able to follow. If we get the teaching of God's leading and God's guidance wrong, we will never be able to follow God's plan, God's purpose for our lives. The subject of God's leading and guidance is essential to our Christian faith. So if we get the teachings wrong, if you get the teachings wrong, we will never be able to follow his plan, purpose for our lives. Example, there are ways we used to think God leads Severally, for years, I thought God's leading, you have to invite God to come and lead you. You know the amazing thing? What I was singing? See, the old people, they wrote songs biblically. The next stanza says what? Wasem no. Wasem no. Wasem no. Yijani fri ho. Hey, hey, ampa. You know? I mean, the idea was important that the guidance is dependent on God's word. So, if the teaching of how God leads that, hey, I can never hear God except I go to a prophet. If that concept of God only leads through a prophet, there is a problem. That means I can never know God's will or God's plan for my life. Because I don't have a prophet. The prophet I used to know, Christ, or call retirement to say, I don't never know. So, if you're understanding of how God leads and God guides is wrong, you will then find it difficult to be led by God. So, we have to get the teachings right. So, another key thing we learned was that, next point, direction is a crucial part of human existence. Direction. To have a direction. To know what to do, when to do, how to do. is essential in our human existence. And the reason it's essential is that we would definitely need to make decisions. The reason direction is essential 
is that we as human beings would definitely need to make decisions concerning ministry, change of location, work, or even for a spouse. Or should I say mostly for a spouse? <laughs> Direction is, is, is crucial, part of human existence. And the reason is we will definitely need to make decisions in the area of ministry, in the area of change of location, work, education, or a spouse. So I need to get the understanding of this subject right because it's a necessity. In John chapter 8, remember the first scripture we quoted for this series, John chapter 8 verse 12. John chapter 8 verse 12. This was key in our understanding of the subject of God's leading and guidance. John chapter 8, the verse 12. Microphone. Then Very well. spake Jesus again unto them, saying. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. But Why? shall have the light of life. Because when you are following Jesus which also means in union with Jesus, you have the light of life. Anybody that is in union with Jesus will not walk in darkness. The reason is, Jesus is the light of life. And when you are in union with him, you don't walk in darkness, but you are in light. Is that clear? Every Christian believer of the gospel is in fellowship with the Father who is light. And because you are in fellowship with the Father, you have the light of life. Every believer in the gospel is in fellowship with the Father, into bracket, the light. So when you are in fellowship with the Father, you have the light of life. On any reason. So if I have Jesus, if I have the Father, I have light. And because I have light and I'm in fellowship with light, I don't walk in darkness. If your friend is the sun, and you are always visiting the sun, my best friend is the sun. He's always shining. When I go and sit in front of him, when I'm going out with him, would there be darkness? 
Even when darkness comes, it will disappear. Right? Because he is light. So when you have fellowship with God, you are walking in light. Are you here? And very importantly, please write this. The light is a gift in Christ that we receive by faith in the gospel. The light of God is a gift that is found in Christ that a man receives it by faith in the gospel. Light is a gift in Christ that we receive when we have faith in the gospel. And very importantly in capital, light means direction. It means I have fellowship with direction. I'm I'm united. I'm in union with God's direction. My friend is direction. So if my friend is direction, will I lack direction? No, no, no. I am married to direction. So if I am married to light, light is not a prayer point. I was going to say something. If your husband is the MD of ECG, will they offer your light? You better do my mouth for there. There's Mufia Pa, they do say, it be my heart. Na chat ni kutano. Yet you see area na. Who said do you think it's every area they off light? It's not like that too. All hands are not equal. Doesn't matter that if you like let the power Ghana has is one percent. Some people will be enjoying their one. Those say, Oh, our light is left with one. So let's keep it. And let's all sleep in darkness. So light is direction. That is why the believer never lacks direction. Light is direction. And the believer is in fellowship with light. That is why the believer never lacks direction. Light is direction. The believer is in fellowship with light. Then the believer will never lack direction. Never. John chapter 1 verse 4. The believer will never. So if direction was told me in a very superstitious way. As a very strange thing. That you can't easily just have direction. I'm wrongly taught about how God leads. But here the word of God is telling me. That in fact if there is anything common to the believer. It's direction. John chapter 1 verse 4. 
John chapter one, the verse John writes four, about Jesus and says, "In what? Him was light." He says, "In Jesus was light, and the life was the light of men." Or see, in Him was what life, life or light? Life. So in Jesus was life, and the life was what the light of men. The life was the light of men, and the light. Shineth in darkness. And the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness, and the darkness comprehended, it, comprehended not. it not. In him. Hold on. In him. The him referring to Jesus. Was life. One of the things we receive in him is what? Life. He gives us life eternal. And he says that life that you receive from Jesus is the light of the world. So I did not just receive life at salvation. It came along with direction. That is why I don't lack direction. The reason I lack direction is because I don't know I have direction. Is it making sense? Direction is light. Light is Jesus. I have Jesus. So what do I have? I have life. I have direction. Why is light direction? When there is darkness and light appears, anything that I have to see is made clear. If there are chairs arranged all over this room and the light goes off. I will need light to watch my leg so I don't dash my leg to a chair. So without light, it will be difficult to find my way in going out to where I want to go to. So light is direction. And Jesus gives life and the life he gives is light to men. And the light is direction to men. Jesus comes into your life to direct your life to eternal life. Are you here? So direction is not a super special thing that is with only a group of people in Christianity. It's not. Wrong teaching told us, before I can know what God is saying, they are specific men. Specific men who carry the grace for direction. Then the question you should ask, in what dispensation? In what covenant? Covenant is the way people related to God. So there was a covenant where people's relation to God was by their works. So covenant is not a pobi baby. No. That is why when you read the book of Matthew, when we theologically tell you that the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not the new covenant, sometimes you get confused. I said, covenant is the way people relate to God. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they were still relating to God, not through Jesus. 
because Jesus was alive. But he died. And before he died, he picked the cup and says, this is the blood of the new covenant that will be shed. It is about to be shed. So the shedding of blood that brought the new covenant brought a new way of relating to God. Hello? That is why Abraham, Abraham did not leave. Even though you read Abraham's name under the old, what the interpreters have written, Old Testament. But Abraham's relationship with God was not under the old covenant. Because Abraham, it is not what he did that brought justification. It is his faith. It's for another day. Are you getting it? I'm just explaining to you that covenant simply means how people related to God. So under the old covenant, when they related, when they sinned, and they are relating to God, they have to go and kill an animal. It's a way of relating to God. It's a way of worshiping God. But Jesus said the time is coming and the time is where true worshipers worship the Lord by the Spirit. And in the Spirit is cleansing. True worship is by the Spirit. So the reason I started all these things is to tell you that in the old way of communicating to God, the Spirit of God was not for everybody. Few people the Spirit of God came upon and they could tell you what God was saying. Watch this. So the Old Testament lays a precedence that the moment the Spirit of God came on somebody, you can inquire of them what God is saying. But in the new covenant... The prophecy of Joel, in the last of these days, I will pour out my spirit upon what? All flesh. So what the people who the spirit of God came upon, they could do when the spirit came upon. Now that the spirit of God has come upon us, we are able to do what they did, they did even more. Because yes, it came for a season. Ours, it dwells in us. I told somebody who shall glory. That is why you can't lack direction. Because one characteristic of the Spirit of God is direction. Or chirakwai. When the Spirit of God came upon them, they spoke, they predicted. Predicted. From next week, we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Are we going this way? For you to understand these things, you have abandoned gifts. And you are moving from one prophet to another. You have a prophet from every region. Prophet, relationship prophet, financial prophet, dream prophet. As if they have a prophet, when they have a dream, they call them. What's up, Kojo? Today I had a dream. I didn't mention your name. I was going to see yourself for Kwame, but it has some familiar in, in, in this thing here, so I, I swerved because you are always my example. 
So, Osofu Kojo, today some dream be pie hard. It means you simply don't understand who you are and what you can do. Are you here? So follow. Next point. Is that clear so far? Okay. Very importantly, as believers, we dwell, as believers, we dwell in and walk in the light. As believers, we dwell in and walk in the light. The light is his life. The light is his spirit. We dwell in and we walk in the light. Next point. We function in the light. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 to 11. So we dwell in the light. We walk in the light. We function Every believer walks, dwells, and functions in the light of God, which is the life of God. His life is my life. He gave me his life. He died to give me life. His life is his light. He is the light of the world. The light is direction. Are you here? Let's go. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 from verse 9 to 12. Mm -hmm. But ye are not in the flesh. You are not in the nature of Adam. But in the spirit. You are in Christ. If so be that. If so be that. The spirit of God dwells in you. The spirit of Christ dwells in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ. Now if any man had not the spirit of Christ. He is none of his. He is none of his. And if Christ be in you. And if Christ is in you. The body is dead because of sin. Your body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But the spirit is alive. What verse is that? Verse 10. Mm -hmm. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him. If the spirit of him. That raised up Jesus. That raised up Jesus from the dead. Dwell in you. It dwells in you. That means every Christian has the spirit doing what? Dwelling in you. He that raised Jesus from the dead. raised up Christ from the dead. Shall, shall also quicken your, your mortal, mortal bodies by, the, by his spirit that dwelleth in you. I'll be explaining this verse in our next salvation class. Quickening of your body is salvation in the future. It's amazing. Let's move on. Next point, we said we do not pray for direction because direction is ours. A believer does not pray for direction. And the reason the believer does not pray for direction is that direction is yours. Because you live in light, you walk in light, you function in light. You don't pray for light. Even though some ignorantly do, you know, 
Christians will still be praying for more of Jesus. I want more of you. More of you. So which part are you looking for? More head. More hand. More leg. Are you here? The fullness of Christ dwells in us and we dwell in him. What we want more is knowledge of him. So the more I know you, the more I want to know you. Knowing him enlightens us to not pray for more of him. More anointing. Hey. Birthday prayer. Father, may God increase your anointing to where? Every anointing you would ever need in life. You receive it the day you are saved. It's true. Did you know? So we went for several anointing services. Have you noticed that all in the house of apostles, there was no special anointing service for more power? The closest you find about anointing service is setting people apart to send them out. But pa say the all you go be trimmed to me about so you never find. But we will pour oil on people to give them power. Receive Ooh. oil for power. Oil for power. One day I'll teach you about the essence of laying on of hands. Laying on of hands is a ministration. But what does it minister? We have to know all that. We don't pray for more spirit. We don't pray for more oil. We don't pray for more anointing. We don't pray for more power. Ephesians 1 from 17. He says, all God's power was willed to us. So no other power is coming again. What you need is where I'm going in my next point. You need knowledge to know the power you have, to use the power you have. The reason you have not operated those powers is that you don't even know you have the powers. Sometimes we think, hey, Obi, are any for a prophet? Prof. But the Bible says that these signs shall follow them that believe. Them. Did you say these signs shall follow the apostles that believe? The prophets that believe? He says, go ye into the world and preach the gospel. Anybody, anybody. So let me just put a name there. Go ye into the world and preach to Ralph. If Ralph believed the gospel, these signs will follow Ralph. He will lay his hands on the sick, the sick will recover. He will speak in new tongues. He will pick up serpents and it will not harm him. So you can put anybody's name there. Listen, even if you go out tomorrow and meet somebody tomorrow and preach the gospel to the person tomorrow, that instant you preach to that person and the person believes what you have preached, 
that instant, if he or she lays hands on any sick person, the person should recover. Because he says these signs will follow. The original Greek rendering is accompany. So there are certain things that accompany salvation. It's like you have bought a phone. You don't buy a phone and go and buy earpiece. Earpiece is part of the phone. So these signs. Phone for phone accessories. So these accessories shall follow anyone that believeth. You have earpiece for laying hands. You have a charger for speaking in tongues. Are you getting it? So they are part of Christianity. You don't get saved and then go and look for those things to come and follow. The day you receive. Listen, it's simple as it is God's spirit that does all these things. Does the spirit of God have the power to heal? Yes. So do you have the spirit of God? Yes. Can you heal? Yes. That's what it is. But because, you see, our problem, my problem, your problem, is that they told us something else. And we live with what they told us. That what we are being told now is now becoming foreign. My spirit, my soul, my mind has to decipher them before I can gradually swallow it. So imagine, I bring a seven-year-old boy here, eight-year-old boy, who has never heard any message about spirit. And I teach them, you will see them working miracles. Because they have not been polluted. Uti different things. Ujaframa. Ujafedu. Tutuja. Are you following me? Okay. Can we continue? So we don't pray for direction. It is ours. However, so the believer doesn't pray for direction. Direction is his. However, we only pray to know. We pray to know it and walk in it. I don't pray that God come and lead me. I pray to know his leading. Because he is leading, I don't know. So I pray to know, and then I walk in knowledge. Is that clear? I pray to know He's leading. Because the moment I say God come and lead me means God has not been leading. But the Bible says the step of the righteous is ordered by God. It's not that when the righteous prays, then God comes to order his life. No. He says it is me who lives in you to make you act and will according to my purpose. So we don't invite God to come and lead us. We pray to know what he's saying, what he's leading. Hear this, hear this. This will make it clearer. The next point. The knowing, the knowing happens when we recognize, the knowing happens when we recognize 
what he has done in Christ. The knowing happens when we recognize what he has done in Christ. So I don't pray for direction. I pray to know the direction and to walk in it. And I said the knowing to know is simply acknowledging, recognizing what God has done in Christ. Philemon 1. 6. Amplified. Philemon 1, 6. Are we there? Yes, sir. The knowing happens when we recognize what he's done in Christ. Philemon 1, 6. Philemon chapter 1, the verse 6. And I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition and appreciation and understanding. And it will promote few, it will promote what? Full recognition and appreciation of what? And understanding. And understanding. And precise knowledge. And precise knowledge. Of every good thing that is of ours. Of every good thing that is ours. In our identification in with In our Jesus. identification. When I'm able to recognize what is mine in my union with Christ, I will walk in his direction, which is his will. When I'm able to recognize and acknowledge what is mine in my identification with him, I will walk in his will. So believers, our role is to recognize his leading in and through us. Our role is to recognize his leading in and through us, and then we can walk in the same. Our role as Christians, believers, is to recognize his leading. So it's not to ask him to lead, but I should recognize his leading. And that recognition happens when I understand my identification with him and what is mine in him. Are you here? My role is to recognize his leading in and through me and walk in the same. And I said that role of recognizing is my appreciation and understanding who I am in Christ. When I know who I am in Christ and I'm walking in who I am in Christ, I am following his leading. I'll take that again. This is so key and dissolves every puzzle. 
I said, your role is to recognize his leading. Your role is not to pray for him to lead you. Your role is to recognize his leading and what he's doing in and through you. Then you can walk in the same. And I said that role of recognition is your ability to understand, recognize, appreciate who you are in Christ and walk in the same. So when I know that because, well, let me give you a simple practical example. I, I know I am a Christian. I'm a child of God. So if I want to marry, all I need to know who to marry is to know who I am. And knowing who I am, I can't be equally yoked with an unbeliever. Knowing who I am, I marry by purpose. For this cause, a man will leave father and mother. Not because you love him with no purpose. Been tempted to say this for a long time. That love is not the ingredient you need for marriage. You won't find anything say to marry somebody first love the person when you see somebody you love. No. Huh? It is when you are in the marriage you are instructed to love. There is no instruction in the Bible to love before. He says, love your wife. He didn't say, love your fiancée. Or you have seen that one before. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Can't find it. That our instruction to love was not love being the reason to marry, but if you choose to marry the person, that's why, watch this. You are not instructed to submit to every man you meet on the streets. But you are instructed to do what? Submit to your own husband. Because those things are in marriage. Husband, love your wife. Wife, submit to who? Every man with beard? No. So those who foolishly think every woman is under them, they have drunk or goglo. They say that in town. But in their office, their boss is a woman. Oh, women and us. Who told you? For this cause. Did Adam marry Eve because of love? <laughs> it's for another day. See how they married? No typology. They send people to go and look for wife for their sons. How was Rebecca located? Stop that. What's it? Oba, who give my camel or my horses. Let that woman. Where was the man he was looking for a wife for?
But you can't marry and say, I don't love. No, you have to find it. Husband, love your wife. You can't marry and say, eh, what? I can't submit. Who sent you to marry? Wife, submit to your husband. Submit to your own husband. Which we have created our own systems. It's good for you. It's good. It's good. It's good, though. You marry because of love. It's good. But we have to take time and study these things, too. For some people, sometimes when they tell you they will marry, you wonder what's the motivation. But they said they are in love. I'm in love. I'm in love. I'm in love. I'm in love. Because we are <laughs> it is well. Okay? Let me focus. Mm. Where were we? <laughs> so you need to just recognize his leading and walk in and through it. Next point. Very key through this series has been that the written word the written word guides all forms of leading and guidance. The written word. The written word. The written word. Guys, what? All forms of leading and guidance. And then we said that the word of God is a person. In the beginning was the word, the word was God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh. It dwells amongst us, we beheld. His glory, the glory of the Holy Begotten Son. He came unto his own, his own received him not. But as many as received him to them, he gave power to become. So the word is a person. So then we can say then the person of Jesus guides every form of leading and guidance. The person of Jesus. The person of Jesus guides every leading and guidance. The person of Jesus guides every leading and guidance. Again, we also learned that the perfect revelation of the Father is in the Son. If you want to know God, you look at Jesus. If I want to be sure of what God will do, what God won't do, to be sure of what God will do or what God won't do, 
I look at Jesus, who is the word. So sometimes it looks as if there's a confusion. Why is God killing? Why is God blah, 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 blah. Look at Jesus. 33 years killed nobody. Even those who plotted to kill him, he didn't kill them. He didn't even slap anybody. So Jesus went to the temple and beat them. He didn't beat anybody. He drove their things down, not the person. For his father's house. So the person of God, the character, the nature of God is seen in Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 6 to 10. So Jesus is my guide, his character. What, what do God want me to do? Somebody has offended me. What do I do? I look at the written word. The written word is Jesus. What did Jesus do when people offended him? That's how simple to be led. Jesus was lied upon. How did he behave when he was lied upon? Jesus was betrayed. How did he behave? Is that what he did? How did he behave when he was denied? How did he behave when forced... Accusations were brought against him. When the people did anything, he always used the word of God. The word of God was his rod of correction. The word of God. Jesus used the word of God. So that perception of God or the ten, uh, lightning strikes somebody. It's God's anger. Uh, fire burns somebody's shop. It's the Lord who is showing master. God's character can be seen in Jesus. John 14, 6 to 10. Then go. John chapter 14, the verse 6 to 10. Mm -hmm. Jesus saith unto him. Jesus says unto him. I am the way. I am the way. The truth. The truth. And the life. And the life. No man cometh no unto man the Father. No man cometh unto the Father. But by me. But by me. If ye had known If me, you have known me. Ye should have known my you Father You should have also. known my Father also. And from henceforth. And from henceforth. Ye know him. Ye know him. And have seen him. And you have seen him. Paul then saith unto How they said unto me, show us the Father. Lord. Show us the Father, and it suffices us. us. And Jesus saith, and unto Jesus him, said unto him, Have Philip, I been so long? Have I been you? so long with you that you are asking me to show you the Father? And Don't you know that when you see me, you have what, Madam? Are you reading? And and yet hast thou not known me, mm -hmm. Philip? He that hath seen me he hath seen that the has Father. seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou? How then? are you saying you are seeing me and you are telling me to show you show the Father? Show us the Father. Believest thou not that I am Don't the Father? Don't you believe I am in the Father? And the Father in me. And the Father is in me. The words that I speak. The words that I speak, they are spirits. I speak not of, of my own. But the Father, Father that dwelleth in, in me. He doeth the there works. Mm. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father I said in 6 me. to 10, you are reading 11. Next point. 
the epistles are the revelation of Christ. So Jesus is the revelation of the Father. The epistles reveal Jesus. Jesus, in the four gospels, shows us the God we read in the Old Testament. And then the epistles shows us the Jesus of the four gospels. The epistles are the revelation of Christ. Don't forget the sequence. We said the word of God is a person. No, we first said that the word of God guides all forms of leading and guidance. Then the word of God is a person. And that person who is the word of God is Jesus. And that Jesus reveals the character and the nature of God. Then we said when you read the epistles, you are going to find the revelation of this Jesus. Who is God's word? Who is our guide to every leading? Is it making sense? When you, f- you, when you don't follow the sequence, you will miss it. I take it over again. I said, the written word guides every form of leading. If God will lead us in any way, the written word is our manual. God will not lead you outside of the written word. That is, if God will tell you to do anything, it has to conform to the word of God. And then we have said that the word of God is a person. His name is Jesus. And this Jesus, he reveals God to us, God the Father. He shows us God's nature, God's character, what God will do and what God will not do. Then if I want to know this Jesus who shows me the Father, I have to read from Romans to Revelations. Romans to Revelation reveals Christ. Romans to Revelation reveals Christ. So my understanding of God in Christ is found in the epistles. My understanding of God in Christ. I've told you that God is revealed in Christ. So if I would understand God in Christ, it can only be found in the epistles. God is understood in Christ. If I want to understand God, I have to understand God in Christ. If I want to understand God in Christ, I have to understand the epistles. Is it making sense? The Old Testament has God the Father. And several things have been said. If I want to understand the Old Testament, I have to understand Jesus. If I will understand Jesus, I have to understand the epistles, Romans to Revelation. So to understand God in Christ, I have to read the epistles. That's why when you come to epistles, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, it says to wit, God was where? In Christ. Reconciling the world to himself. Not imputing trespasses, but canceling them. So I can understand God's character through Christ in the epistles. Is it making sense? God is revealing Christ in the epistles. So, if I want to know what God did, he says, in Christ, you receive redemption. Who brought the redemption? 
God through Christ. And in Christ we have even forgiveness of sins. So if I want to know what God does to my sins, I will only see it in Christ. Where will I find what God does to my sins in Christ? In the epistles. Am I making sense? So the epistles unveil God in Christ to me. The epistles. The epistles. It shows me God in Christ. Watch this. This is also key. The epistles showing me God in Christ in turn shows me God's plan, God's purpose, God's will for my life. The epistles in revealing God in Christ in turn shows me God's plan, God's purpose, God's mind for my life, for every believer. So if I want to know God's plan, God's purpose, God's mindset concerning every believer, I can only find out. I want to know whether God is angry with me. Oh, I'll read the epistles. Who has delivered us in Christ Jesus? He says, we, through Jesus, we have peace with God and access to the Father. So I can know what God is thinking about me by looking at Jesus. And I can know that through the epistles. It tells me that he has given me everlasting life. He's told me in the epistles. He says a new covenant will I have with you. The old is passed away. In this new covenant, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you to the end of the age. The epistles tells me that. When I go to the Old Testament, it will tell me a man's worst justifies him. The epistles will tell him that the just shall live by faith. A man is justified by the faithfulness of Christ. Christ didn't come on his own and come and became Christ. It is God's intention. In the beginning was God's intent. The intent was with God. And the intent was God. So Jesus is God's plan. And God's plan is God's plan for you and I. So when I see Jesus, I see God's plan for my life. Are you here with me? Okay. So the epistles are the revelation of Christ. That is, the understanding of God in Christ is found in the epistles. Therefore, the epistles reveals to us the plan, the mind, the purpose of God for every believer. The reason is, the reason the epistles reveals God's plan, mind, and purpose for a believer is that, the written word 
which is the revelation of Christ, is the wisdom of God. The reason is, the written word, which is the revelation of Christ, is the wisdom of God. I take it from the top again. The epistles are the revelation of Christ. That is the understanding of God in Christ is found in the epistles. Therefore, the epistles reveals to us the plan, the mind, and the purpose of God for every believer. And the reason is, the written word, which is the revelation of Christ, is the wisdom of God. Watch this in capital. I'm waiting for you. I take it for the last time because of you. Because of love. For Gilbert so loved his church that he repeated it five times. The epistles are the revelation of Christ. That is the understanding of God in Christ is found in the epistles. Therefore, the epistles reveals to us believers the plan, the mind, and the purpose of God for every believer. And the reason is, the reason why you can find God's plan, God's purpose, God's mind for every believer in the epistle is that the written word, which is the revelation of Christ, into bracket the epistles, is the wisdom of God. The written word is the wisdom of God. Are you here? Now let's go. So for me to walk in God's wisdom, which is into bracket his will. So for me to walk in God's wisdom, into bracket his will. Is to walk in the written word. So for me to walk in the wisdom of God into bracket the will of God, is for me to walk in the written word. Does it make sense? If a Christian is walking in the will of God, he's simply walking by the written word. So the written word says that every believer is a preacher, and I preach, I'm walking in the will of God. I don't need to pray to find out, is it your will? So when I'm not preaching, I'm not walking in God's will. It's as simple as that. Christians should not marry a non-believer. And then you, because of money or because of um, what social status, you go and marry a non-believer. You are walking against God's will. Because the written word forbids you to do that. So walking in the written word is walking in the will of God. See, sometimes our problem is that we think a successful marriage is a prosperous marriage. No, 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 you are making a mistake. You know, a time we'll talk about that. 
Do you know what a successful marriage is? Let's continue. I take the last point again. I say for, so for me to walk in the wisdom, into bracket, the will of God is to walk in the written word. And walking in the written word is walking in the understanding. When you are walking in the written word, is you walking in the understanding of what God has accomplished in Christ. For me to walk in the wisdom or the will of God is to walk in the written word. Walking in the written word is walking in the understanding of what God has accomplished in Christ. Like Philemon said in verse 6, Paul said to Philemon, the communication of your faith is as effective as you acknowledging every good thing which is in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Are you here? Walking in the written word is walking in the understanding of what God has accomplished in Christ. We are concluding. So clearly, a believer's Christian life, so clearly, a believer's Christian life is as effectual to the degree so clearly the believer's Christian life is only as effectual to the degree that he understands every good thing in him that is in Christ. So clearly a believer's Christian life is only as effectual to the degree that he, the believer, understands every good thing in him, in Christ. Clearly, a believer's Christian life is only as effectual to the degree that he, the believer, understands every good thing in him, in Christ. Next point. So, the level of understanding that the believer has, so the level of understanding that the believer has. So the level of understanding that the believer has of what he has in Christ, so the level of understanding that the believer has of what he, the believer, has in Christ is equivalent to the level of effectiveness he will have in his participation in the Christian life. So the level of understanding that the believer has of what he has in Christ is equivalent to the level of effectiveness he will have in his participation in this Christian life. So the level of understanding that the believer has of what he has in Christ is equivalent to the level of effectiveness he will have in his participation in the Christian faith. Am I making sense? In essence, in essence, when the believer renews, re-educates, 
in essence, when a believer renews, re-educates his mind. In essence, when the believer renews or into bracket, re-educates his mind with the written word, he will recognize in essence, when the believer renews, re-educates his mind with the written word, he will recognize and consequently walk in the will of God. When a believer is able to renew or re-educate his mind with the written word, the believer will recognize and consequently walk in the will of God. Is that clear? You walk in the will of God. Because a skillfulness is made available to us when you have precise knowledge of what God has done in Christ. Because a skillfulness is made available to us in the precise knowledge of what God has done in Christ. So you get it that the essence is that, in essence, when a believer renews and re-educates his mind with a written word, he will recognize and subsequently walk in the will of God. And the reason he will be able to do that is because there's a skillfulness that is made available to us believers in the precise knowledge of what God has done in Christ. God has made available to us such insight that we can walk in our everyday life. God has made available to us believers such insight that we can walk in in our everyday life. God has made available to us believers such insight that we can walk in in our everyday life. So the written word is the wisdom of God for our lives. So the written word is the wisdom of God for our lives. The written word is the voice of God for our lives. The written word is the wisdom of God for our lives. The written word is the voice of God for our lives. The written word is the primary judge of whether we are walking in the will of God for our lives or not. That's the end. I pick it from the top for the last time. From the very top. In essence, when the believer renews, re-educates his mind with a written word, he will recognize and subsequently walk in the will of God for his life. Because a skillfulness is made available to us in the precise knowledge of what God has done in Christ. He, the believer, sorry, God has made available to us believers such insight that we can walk in in our everyday life. God has made available to us such insight that we can walk in in our everyday life. The wisdom of God which is the written... Oh, no, I, I left that one out. Yeah, okay. So, the written word is the wisdom of God or the will of God for our lives. 
The written word is the voice of God for our lives. The written word is the primary judge of whether we are walking in God's will for our lives or not. The written word is the primary judge to whether we are walking in the will of God for our lives or not. Hallelujah. Is that clear? So in, are you hearing? Are you listening? Are you following the leading of the Holy Spirit? The written word is our guide. Everything you think, God doesn't guess. God doesn't cause confusion. God doesn't use your emotions. I feel like so that. Don't be petty. God's leading is surely by his word. God will never lead you to do anything that brings confusion. Never. He's not the author of confusion. God is peace. God is love. God is kind. So anything you are doing, thinking is God. Some people can even be fighting people and they think they are fighting for God. God is not an author of confusion. God doesn't use any other means to correct anybody. All scripture is written by the inspiration of God and it is profitable for doctrine. And in doctrine, in teaching, we find rebuke, correction, instruction. So when Jesus was rebuking the people, he used the word. You generation of vipers. Then he quotes the scripture. You search the scriptures. There you think you find eternal life. But they are they which testify of me. And you won't come to me that you will have life. Moses accused you for the I. He always used the word. Now, I don't blame you. It's your family you are coming from. It's your family. God doesn't correct like that. God corrects with the word of God. Have you been blessed today? Shall we rise up and just speak in tongues for a minute? This was a message from the General Overseer of Yakal House, Reverend Gilbert Osei. We are available anytime for prayer, support, and counseling. Please don't hesitate to call us on 0544-600-600. That's 0544-600-600. We love you, and there's nothing you can do about it.